Well, hello and good morning, everybody, and welcome to our service, uh, our virtual service from St John's Southbourne. Uh, thank you for tuning in. If you're visiting us or just clicking on us uh, for the first time, then my name's uh, Matt Luff, and uh, welcome. Do let us, do get in contact, make yourself known, and uh, yeah, just tell us how things are going. Uh, it would be really good to hear how things are for you, and as we're sharing uh, the different things that we're exploring about God's faithfulness to His people. Uh, at this extraordinary uh, time, which seems to be going on forever, but will not last forever. Do not feel uh, disheartened, people. Uh, it will it will one day pass. Um, just a little bit of housekeeping from me. Thank you so much uh, for all the responses that we've had about reopening the church for uh, worship. And I explained in my letter about um, trying to start with communion and um, the sort of implications of that. So thank you very much for the feedback. If you've got back to us through your house group leader or through Susie and the administration, uh, then that's really, really helpful. And um, we will be working on, we have been working on a risk assessment to take those things on board. So do, uh, you know, do be heartened. It would be good to meet together around the Lord's table uh, soon, but I don't want to rush. And the most important thing is safety. Uh, we all, somebody sort of put it in a blog, didn't they? We're all staying indoors so that when we come out again, nobody is missing. Safety is really, really important. So don't get uh, don't get disheartened or feel, oh, yeah, I need to be there. We will do things safely and you will not be forgotten. Okay. Uh, just another little bit of housekeeping. Uh, I'm leading a Bible study tonight on Zoom and the code for that uh, was in the daily updates. And uh, Wednesday, we've got coffee and I'll lead a short devotional uh, at that time then and uh, don't forget that the church is uh, open for prayer Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday between 9 and 12 so for private prayer so if you want to have a bit of space a bit of peace and quiet and just uh, come close uh, draw close to God uh, then we are open like that for you. Uh, I want to start with uh, an opening reading uh, which I got from uh, Psalm 119 today uh, it's really important. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. I've taken an oath and confirmed it, that I will follow your righteous laws. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept, O Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. Heavenly Father, we thank you as we gather around together this morning um, we pray that we would be reminded of your great faithfulness to your people, that Jesus said no one can snatch us out of your hands. And we pray that that would be our experience of you, that we would know that certainty and assurance of your great love for us. Amen. Our reading is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. 
for John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men, dressed in white, stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, during the course of this time together, I, I propose to do a, a short agape meal. This might be a time to pause and uh, collect bread and wine so that you can sort of share in together. Uh, and uh, I'll just pause quietly. Um, my, one of my favourite chess websites does this. He says, work, see if you can work out the move and we'll be back in a minute. Um, but if you want to pause now, that's great. Um, I want to thank you. Uh, I want to draw attention to we're starting a new series on Acts uh, through the early parts of the book of Acts, which is fascinating and really challenging book. Uh, and I hope it's exciting and it inspires us. And uh, I just wanted to give a little recap and just think about that and then sort of set into some of the things that I think will be really important. Over the last six months, we've explored Abraham's relationship as being a friend of God, and we learned of God's promises to bless all nations through Abraham. Um, we celebrated Easter in a strange way, uh, which was at the pivotal point, the fulfilment of those promises. And we've also just finished reading in the mornings um, Paul's advice to Timothy as he makes his way in the world as a young Christian. And so there are some questions, aren't there? Uh, I wonder what, what strength, what ideas, what, what inspiration will he draw from? Um, how will he make his way and whose example uh, will he follow? And so Acts opens up and, and starts this great discovery as the early group of Christians uh, expand into the little world. They were trapped in a little room uh, and we know what that feels like, but they were, they were then called to spread out into the world and so it's an exciting journey for us how can we uh, how can we experience and be part of that uh, but actually it's a continuation of the ongoing story of Jesus and his people this is the continuation of how Jesus led his people and Luke begins the book of Acts with Theophilus my friend <laughs> in my former book so this is part two and the continuity of the story of Jesus and the people of God and there are important questions uh, that it raises. The, the ancient world uh, was similar in, in a lot of ways uh, to our own. Lots of faiths, beliefs, social behaviour uh, that is quite uh, recognisable today. And so hopefully it's a good opportunity to explore how the first Christians got on uh, and, and how the first church 
uh, started to grow and accommodate and uh, expand and experience uh, God's love because the, the collective noun for Christians is church. It's not the building, it's the people, and that's really important uh, to hold on to. And today, uh, it's very important to hold on to because we struggle to find inspirational people, don't we? Our role models are either too flawed or turn out to be fakes. And at the same time, our world is changing faster than ever before. Uh, what was important for years seems to have been forgotten, and what is important today seems only to be a mist that rose this morning. The reality is that there are actually significant issues within and amongst all of this, and the church is not so immune that it can hide its head in the sand, and it's not so impotent that it has nothing to offer. And that's a really important thing to remind ourselves. We can feel the world closing in and we, when it all, it's all bad news, but actually we've got stuff to offer. So hopefully these, uh, these sessions, as we look through, uh, the, as we ask these questions about who is this about, how do I follow them, how do I know them, um, these are really important questions for us. So however close we are uh, to learning about Jesus, uh, and however familiar that feels or however uh, difficult that feels, I hope that we can all learn uh, from being a Jesus-shaped community together. My, you know that my favourite description of the church is that we're a group of people following Jesus and this is what we look like. Uh, and so what does following Jesus look like? What does he call us to be? And I want to say, just underline one thing. I'm not going to stop at one thing, but I want to underline just one thing, that we are witnesses to Jesus who will bring in another world. We are witnesses to Jesus who is going to bring in another world. These first leaders, look at the text, were called apostles. And that's the ancient Greek word for sent ones. These especially for people who were given a message, like an ambassador, uh, to bring news, to tell about the king's uh, foreign ruler's uh, uh, ideas and how he wants things to be done. And, and, and that's really important. So these first disciples were to represent Jesus's message to the world around them. Early rulers would appoint a general to ensure that new territories reflected the good things, the best things of their homeland. And the, the Romans and Greeks were past masters at this. Uh, and, and it's important to have that little perspective. Jesus appoints these people to be apostles, to bring the things that he wants people to know into the world. And that's wonderful. But these apostles, let's think about these a little bit. These apostles were the re 11 remaining Jewish disciples amongst a much wider group that also included uh, Greeks and other Gentiles as well. Luke himself, the author, is a Gentile. Uh, and we know uh, that later the gospel message spread to a wider world, uh, the Gentile world of the Greeks and Romans, and eventually to us. And we see that in the text. Jesus wants uh, this message to go to the ends of the earth. Uh, so the world that we, are that we are witnesses to, the world that Jesus wants to bring in, is no longer based on grounds of ethnicity. Anyone, anyone is welcome. And that's really important. It's, a, it's, it's got a really uh, low bar, if you like. Anybody uh, can step in. Uh, so that's really helpful. We also know that these early followers, these first disciples, thought that the kingdom would be restored to or for Israel. That as it had once reigned under David and then Solomon, the high point, if you like, of Israel's his history. But Jesus expanded their minds beyond this political expectation. It's not for you to know times and places the Father has set, says Jesus. This is not a world tied to one political viewpoint, but it's one where the Father God himself will bring justice and peace. 
It doesn't mean our efforts are worthless, they're valuable and important and can make huge contributions to people's lives and justice. But the world Jesus promised was what so it was not tied or connected to a political system. It was beyond that. And we should be inspired uh, by that rather than our own interests sometimes, our own preferences. We're also told that once Jesus was taken up, was taken up, the disciples were gently rebuked by angels staring into the air. For staring into the air. In that moment, Jesus disappeared from them and returned to the kingdom from which he came, which we call heaven. I mean, it's a, it's a world beyond what we can see. It's hard to describe, um, but it's beyond what we can see. It's not the clouds. It's beyond that. Uh, and that's all that Luke puts there. Uh, and that's the other world to which he has returned and he is waiting to return to us. But the disciples um, seem to be tempted. How long can I see Jesus before he disappears forever? Who, who can see the last bit of him go? Or perhaps they would see signs of a quick return, an imminent return. And certainly Jesus had made them think along those lines. Can I spot these signs coming? And this, this sort of, this, sort of ep this pandemic and these sorts of things. I'm afraid there's lots of charlatans out there saying, oh, it's this and it's, oh, it's that. Jesus is absolutely clear. God, it's up for God. It's up to him. And, and we're not to know and we're not even to pretend to know. So be take care, uh, brothers and sisters, uh, what we listen to and, and what we read. But he also told them that the kingdom of God came near when they preached salvation in his name. When they talked to people about what Jesus had done, when they helped the poor, when they healed the sick and drove back the power of evil, then they preached the kingdom. That world started to break back in. And this is a world that breaks in when we obediently follow Jesus, when we follow his lead, and when we recover and to restore the things that once were lost. Because when Jesus returns, it will all be restored. It will all be made new. See, I make all things new, he says in Revelation. But that kingdom isn't so far off that parts of it can't break into our life now. Signs of the things to come. Fruit of the things that will be with us one day. But it's not a world driven by human effort alone. It's not something we have to do. It's something we can connect to. It's something we can be part of. Jesus promised the Holy Spirit would be helping them. The personal presence of God would be with them. Hearts can be healed by him. Eyes can be opened by him. Hearing can be restored by him. Sometimes the sick are healed by him. And with powerful prayer, evil loses. And we can proclaim God loved the world so much he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Well, that's great news, isn't it? And that's the thing that we want to be witness to. Somewhere out there is the person who invented the phrase that the church was so heavenly minded it was no earthly good. But if you unpack and have a look at these people, and we will do it a little bit, you'll see that these characters are really quite earthy. Uh, they're often the people who didn't quite make it. They're, they're the people who didn't make the grade. They're the people who, for whom the bar was too high. And yet Jesus calls them, those ordinary earthy people, to keep bringing the things of heaven to earth until he returns. Well, how do you do that? We can't do that on our own, can we? But they were inspired by Jesus. It all focuses on him and the hope that he offers. Paul wrote later to the church in Rome, 
we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You know, research shows that people who are most resilient, who are most able to deal with distressing situations, are those who have faith. Faith brings us hope. And Jesus is the ultimate hope. And if we want to be people who witness to that other world that he's bringing in, that kingdom that he speaks of, that better way, that surer certainty and hope, well, we can start that today. We can spend time in God's presence. We can be still and know that he is God. We can spend time asking for him to be with us, to draw near. Jesus said, I will be with you, I will be, I will be with you always. And the kingdom of heaven then can f- literally feel real, close, palpable, present. That other world can seem not so far away. And we can remind ourselves of God's promises. God breathes stories and writings and law to inspire us with examples of how we can live with him and how he wants to live with us. And we can pray. We can talk to God. We can ask him for things and we can push against the darkness until some light breaks through. We can ask for his presence, we can rely on his promises, and we can pray. And I want to talk about that more next week. But those are all things that bear witness to the world that Jesus is bringing in. That's great news for everybody, isn't it? I want to leave you with some parting thoughts um, from a second century letter from Methetus, an apostle, sorry, an early disciple called Methetus to another chap called Diognetus. Christians are not distinguished from the rest of humanity by country, language or custom. For nowhere do they live in cities of their own, nor do they speak some unusual dialect, nor do they practice an eccentric lifestyle. While they live in both Greek and barbarian cities, as each one's lot was cast, and follow the local customs in dress and food and other aspects of life, at the same time, they demonstrate the remarkable and admittedly unusual character of their citizenship. They live in their own countries, but only as aliens. They participate in everything as citizens and endure everything as foreigners. Every foreign country is their fatherland and every fatherland is foreign. They live on earth, but their citizenship is in heaven. What a wonderful thing, uh, uh, what a wonderful way to describe uh, the people of God, even so uh, far away. Those, those words really resonate. Yeah. The people of God, they live on earth, but their citizenship, the way they live, is described and determined and, and shaped by heaven. I want to sort of close this little slot, uh, this bit of time now, with some prayer. And I found this prayer really helpful. I've been using this one every day. I'm surprised I can't memorise it yet, but I've been using it every day. Father, help me to live this day to the full, being true to you in every way. Jesus, help me to give myself away to others, being kind to everyone I meet. Spirit, help me to seek the lost, proclaiming Christ in all I do and say. Amen.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you delight to bless your people. We come to you today asking that you would move us forward in the coming week as we seek to serve you and others. We pray, Lord, that you would equip each one of us through your Holy Spirit to bring glory to you and to bring your truth in the way we live our lives. Help us to shine out for you and to be salt in the society in which we live. We thank you this morning for the new opportunities we've had during the pandemic to serve you by reaching out to those around us. We thank you for those involved in sending out food parcels. We especially thank you for the work of the Chichester Food Bank and of Sarah Adams, who has been so busy there in recent weeks. We ask that you would give them continued strength and bless the recipients of their kindness and their goodness. Thank you, Lord, that we've been able to get to know neighbours better than before, that there have been walks going on with friends, that people have been meeting together in gardens, having coffee, catching up. And we thank you for the signs of encouragement as things return to something more like normal. Help us, Lord, to take every advantage of what is available to us, be it online, through friendship, through telephone calls, through Zoom, whatever it may be. Help us all to stay close to you and to stay in touch with you, that we might know your peace and your joy at this demanding time. Father, we pray especially today for those in particular need, particularly those who are ill, those who are depressed in any way, or who are simply struggling with difficult circumstances. We pray for those who have been bereaved in recent days. Bring them your comfort and your peace. And finally, we come before you remembering what a wonderful God you are and that you love to bless us. So we use the prayer of St Paul to the church in Ephesus and we make it our prayer too. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. my life um, as we come together to share uh, around God's table around the word and around his witness to us we remind ourselves of his goodness to us we begin with a confession God be gracious to us and bless us and make your face shine upon us Lord have mercy Lord have mercy Make your ways known on the earth, your saving power among the nations. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. You, Lord, have made known your salvation and reveal your justice in the sight of the nations. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. 
May God, who loved the world so much that he sent his Son to be our Saviour, forgive us our sins and make us holy to serve him in the world. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. As we come together, I hope you've managed to find some time to gather some bread and some wine and to symbolise and remember uh, Jesus' death and resurrection for us, his giving of himself, his body and his blood, his blood, body uh, upon which we live uh, by faith and his blood, which washes us uh, clean uh, by faith. Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, Now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. As you break bread, just remind yourself the body of Christ was given for you. And Jesus' blood was shed. share that with one another in his name. So may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore.